0: that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Litmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. And for this episode, we are going to continue our examination of the marriage relationship. As we turn our attention to the woman in the marriage relationship, We do so recognizing that what God actually has to say about her position and function within the family has been under tremendous attack. My heart goes out to the godly woman in the marriage relationship, a woman whose place is far above rubies, according to Proverbs 31 and verse 10. Her invaluable contributions to society are not recognized and appreciated by those in the world. And are becoming less and less appreciated by those in the church. She is, however, a woman whom God calls blessed and worthy of praise. First Peter chapter 3 verses 1 through 6 tells us the following, Likewise you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that, if any obey not the word, they may also without the word be won by the conversation or the manner of life of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of the plating of hair, and of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in which is not corruptible even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner in the old time the holy women also who trusted in God, adorned themselves being in subjection unto their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. The woman's place in the marriage and in the home can be summarized by the word subjection. It is first and foremost subjection to the will of God, and his will is that she be in subjection to her husband. The husband also must be in subjection to the will of God, and it is his will that the man be the head of the family. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 24, Paul wrote these words, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. In the marriage relationship, the man cannot abdicate his position of leadership, nor can the woman usurp that position and still be in subjection to the will of God. The position of subjection does not mean that the woman in the marriage relationship is secondary to the man. It does not mean that she is less important than the man, that she is less skilled than the man, less intelligent than the man. It does not mean that she is less anything in God's eyes with the exception of being physically weaker. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Being physically weaker, it is God's will that the husband treat her with honor or great care. Shame on any man who would ever raise his hand in anger against his wife, and strike her with it. The position of subjection is one of function. The man and the woman are equal in God's eyes. Speaking of salvation, of being in Christ, Paul wrote, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus, that's Galatians 3.28. However, each has a different role to perform. The true beauty of a woman in the marriage relationship is not seen merely by looking at her physical appearance, although she does take care of herself. It is seen by who and what she is. She adorns herself with that which is truly beautiful, a meek and quiet spirit. Manifesting that meek and quiet spirit, she exerts a tremendous influence for good upon her husband. Oh, that all the women of today could understand that. Being the godly wife that God desires is not being a mousy nobody who exists for no other purpose than to fulfill every whim of her husband. She is to be a help meet for him. She was created from him and for him, and they perfectly complement each other. Peter even made the point that if she should be married to one who is not a Christian, one who has not yet been touched to the point of obedience by the word of God, he may very well be one for the Lord by the wonderful influence of the good and godly life he sees his wife lead. As was the case with the husband, so it is with the wife. It is within the marriage relationship that God has placed the blessing of physical intimacy. In 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 5, the mutual nature of this aspect of the relationship is clearly taught. The woman has the responsibility to render due benevolence unto her husband, and the husband must render due benevolence to the wife. This aspect of the marriage relationship must never be used as a weapon by either party. One aspect of the marriage relationship with God's word deals extensively, yet is receiving less and less attention today, is the primary function of the woman in the marriage. While I do not believe the Bible prohibits a wife from working outside of the home, unless by doing so she neglects her primary responsibilities, It is vital to understand, believe, and appreciate that her primary area of God-given responsibility in the marriage is in the home. In Titus 2, verses 4 and 5, Paul wrote that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Again from 1 Timothy 2 chapter 5 and verse 14 we find I will therefore that the younger women marry bear children guide the house give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully notice the phrases keepers at home and guide the house God places the primary responsibility for earning the income the family needs upon the shoulders of the man and he places the primary responsibility for the care of the home upon the shoulders of the woman They are different functions, but each is vitally important. There are so many today who believe that God's way does not allow a woman to utilize all of the abilities he has given her. Many argue that this makes woman little more than a domestic servant and does not permit her to have meaning and purpose in her life. Many speak of wanting to have a career, not realizing that the role God has given to the woman in marriage is the most noble of careers. Let us take the time to look at Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31, the epitome of the woman who is the keeper of the home and one who guides the house. Has any CEO ever been praised in such a way by God? We find, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works willingly with her hand. She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and gives meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hand, she plants a vineyard. She girds her loin with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good Her candle goeth not out by night. She lays her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretched out her hand to the poor, yea, she reached forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She makes fine linen and sells it, and delivers girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looks well to the ways of her household, and eats not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excels them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. There's not much that I can add to that great tribute. The godly woman in the marriage relationship gives herself wholeheartedly to the task of caring for her home. It has been said that the man has the responsibility to provide for the things of the home, and the woman has the responsibility to make a home out of whatever he is able to provide. She is not ashamed of work, not ashamed of putting her hands to the spindle and distaff, for it is a work that God would have her to do, a work of the utmost importance. She is industrious and makes her home a welcome place for her husband, a place to which he wants to come home. She looks well to her household and does not have time to partake of idleness. We'll have more to say about this in the next episode.